This is Bob Cudmore, and this is the Historian's Podcast. On this episode, we're going to hear about the activities of the Hadley Lake Luzerne Historical Society. We'll also get an insight into what they're planning in the town of Glenville, New York, to observe their bicentennial. And we'll hear about a radio entertainer from upstate New York named King Owen. Howard Schaefer of Lake Luzerne has been elected president of the Hadley Lake Luzerne Historical Society, following outgoing President Joe Cavanaugh, who served for the past four years. Howard, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Bob, for hosting me. I know your uh, uh, audience and your history is something that is certainly uh, appreciated throughout the Southern Adirondacks. Well, we appreciate the Southern Adirondacks. Lake Luzerne, correct me if I go astray, is in Warren County? Correct. Hadley's in Saratoga County. Hadley is in Saratoga County, and Hadley and Lake Luzerne are neighboring communities uh, separated by the Hudson River. It's the actually uh, narrowest point. The narrowest point of the Hudson River is between Hadley and Lake Luzerne. And our full name is the Hadley Lake Luzerne Historical Society. And it's uh, both towns are located within the Adirondack Park, correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, since the Historical Society was founded, which I believe was in 1973, well, let me ask you about that. Uh, was Is that so? Were you there for that? <laughs> well, I wasn't around in those days, but we're approaching our 47th anniversary. Uh, and for close to a half a century, the uh, Hadley Lake Luzerne Historical Society has been dedicated to preserving the iconic landmarks uh, throughout our region. Well, let me ask you about some of those. The Society worked to preserve the Hadley Parabolic Bow Bridge. What is that? Well, what's interesting about that is uh, it's one of three surviving parabolic bow bridges left in the world. Uh, the bridge was uh, used for years and years from the 1860s. Uh, it fell into disrepair, and in the 1980s, uh, there were a number of people from both sides of the river, Hadley and Lake Luzerne, uh, who uh, banded together to draw attention to the importance and the historical significance of this bridge. It was restored, and today uh, you can uh, drive over the bridge, you can walk over the bridge. It goes right over the uh, uh, Hudson River where uh, the Hudson and Sacandaga meet. It is a beautiful bridge, uh, very scenic. Uh, there are photographers from throughout the world who come to uh, the region to take pictures and paint this mm. uh, you know, this, this special landmark. And I understand Hadley, I think, and bridge, but what does parabolic bow mean? Well, it's an architectural term that's used to, uh, it's an architectural design term. Uh, they don't use that process anymore. Uh, for a short time, uh, I understand from uh, architectural historians, it was uh, the thing to do. Um, it's not problematic. It's just that through the years, uh, there are there's there's better ways of building mm -hmm. bridges today. Put it that way. I mean, what does it look like? Is it kind of graceful looking? Or? It is. If uh, you could, if you could uh, go to our website uh, or go to our Facebook Hadley Lake Luzerne Historical Society, you could see pictures. Uh, or if you Google the term uh, uh, Hadley Parabolic Bridge, um, it is uh, in its own way artistic. 
Uh, it's got some unusual curves. And, uh, you know, it's been there now for well over 100 years. It certainly, uh, you know, fits into the entire landscape. Mm. Howard Schaefer uh, with us. He is president of the Hadley uh, Lake Luzerne Historical Society. You mentioned that Hadley Lake Luzerne are near where the Sacandaga River enters from the Sacandaga, what we used to call the Sacandaga Reservoir, right? I mean, that's, I, I, I know the other end of that better. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time at the great Sacandaga Lake, but this is where the, the water ends up going. Uh, right, that's true. Uh, this is where the um, uh, uh, Hudson and the uh, Sacandaga meet. Um, throughout the years, even before, far before the uh, creation of either of the towns that border this area, there were uh, uh, Native American Indians who made this their home. As you know, not far from uh, Hadley Lake Luzerne is uh, the Saratoga turning point of uh, the Revolutionary War. This is such a historical area. And what we're lucky with in the, uh, uh, especially the Warren County uh, side of the river, so to speak, is uh, all of the you know, I, the word interesting is overused, but all of the right. interesting places that make the community special. There's the Gailey Hills Schoolhouse, mm-hmm. which is preserved from uh, uh, the early 1920s. You have uh, the Harmon House, which is a meeting place in Lake Luzerne. Uh, you have uh, our home, the Kinnear Museum, which is... Uh, uh, home to the uh, Historical Society. It's a well-preserved uh, uh, late 1800s old Victorian home. And uh, on the uh, uh, Hadley side, there's the uh, iconic uh, Hadley Fire Tower, mm-hmm. which is preserved from uh, late 1800s, early 1920s. Uh, you can take a, a three, four-mile hike. It's a great place for hikers, for kayakers, for canoers, bikers. Uh, really, this is a special part of New York State. Now, you said that the uh, Historical Society is based or has at the um, Kinnear Museum. What's in the museum? What are some of the exhibits there? Well, the uh, the Kinnear Museum is home to the Hadley Lake Luzerne Historical Society. And uh, there is, uh, it's certainly worth the visit. There's a well-preserved 19, uh, late 1800s kitchen, an old Victorian living room. Uh, it also is our uh, home of records uh, that contains uh, artifacts from the history of the region. Uh, as you may know, uh, Lake Luzerne years ago uh, was a big lumbering t- a lumber mm-hmm. town. Uh, there was the Garner Leather Works, and we're fortunate in that a lot of the um, artifacts and records uh, from uh, from from those are well preserved uh, at the Historical Society. There were also dude ranches up there, right? Uh, that's correct. In fact, there still is today. There's uh, great opportunities for horseback riding. There's the Bennett's Riding Stable, which is uh, now, I think, approaching its 70 or 75th anniversary. Uh, multi-generation family business uh, throughout the summer. There is the live rodeo that goes on uh, throughout the season. And uh, there you can see uh, world-class cowboys uh, doing their thing. Uh, it's really a, a very special place that um, draws people from not just throughout the, the Northeast, but from throughout the mm-hmm. United States. Well, I know when, when you and I were talking privately, I mentioned a woman I work with at the state when I was at the State University, and who lived up there, at least in the summertime, 
and her daughter was a, a barrel racer, you know, at, oh, yeah. at that dude yeah. ranch up there. What's, uh, what's especially significant about the uh, rodeo in Lake Luzerne is the, uh, you know, the performance, you know, the art of really what, uh, you know, those type of exercises are all about. Uh, certainly worth the time to visit throughout the summer season. Uh, Howard Schaefer with us. He is now president of the Hadley Lake Luzerne Historical Society. Uh, let me bring in your uh, professional activities. Uh, you're the founder of Media Marketing in Albany. I, I gather you kind of split your time between Albany and up uh, in Lake Luzerne? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, certainly my heart is in Lake Luzerne. Uh, it's a beautiful part of the world. It's a beautiful part of New York State. Um, and, uh, you know, really for all four seasons, you have a beautiful, warm summer, uh, a colorful spring, you have a real winter, uh, and the fall, there, there isn't any place that, uh, you can see the fall foliage better than in uh, the Southern Adirondacks and Lake Luzerne. Mm. And what brought you there or how, how is it that you, I believe you have a home up there? Uh, family. Uh, my grandfather was an immigrant and, uh, came to Lake Luzerne in, uh, the, uh, late thirties, early forties and saw how special a place, uh, it, it was at the time. And, uh, he was one of these guys who was a builder and a tailor and always worked well with his hands, didn't have anything more than a fourth grade education, but uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, like so many of our immigrants, uh, you know, built it on his own. Hmm. And you've been with this uh, historical society for some time. You were vice president and programming chair. What are some of the events that the society holds during the year? Well, uh, for the upcoming 2020 season, we have a uh, speaker series, and uh, if you, uh, we're, we're putting the planning together now, but uh, over the past uh, year, we had uh, monthly programs that include everything ranging from uh, people who were, uh, well, we had one uh, authority on papermaking from the old international paper mill. Uh, we have uh, people who uh, are experts or authorities in land conservation. Uh, this season, we're having uh, the executive director from the Adirondack Mountain Club. Uh, we've had a variety of speakers, all with a connection to uh, the Hadley Lake Luzerne area. In other words, um, uh, the 2020 uh, season, uh, speaker season, is uh, yet to be completed. It will be by the end of the month. Uh, I invite your listeners to visit uh, our Facebook, that's Hadley Lake Luzerne uh, Historical Society, and you'll be able to see the 2020 season in full. But I will tell you, though, mm -hmm. that on uh, May 2nd, at the Waterhouse Restaurant in Lake Luzerne is our annual birthday luncheon. Uh, our featured guest will be Ken Tingley, who is uh, editor and publisher of the Post Star newspaper. Hmm. And his topic will be uh, the history of news reporting in the Adirondacks. And uh, for those who really follow uh, American history, you'll, you'll remember what was right nearby uh, Lake Luzerne, where President Teddy Roosevelt was hunting when he learned that 
President McKinley mm-hmm. was shot in mm-hmm. Buffalo, New York. Uh, President uh, Roosevelt, or then Vice President Roosevelt, actually had to travel through Lake Luzerne to get to Buffalo uh, in order to take the oath of office. So that's just a little snippet of what you can find out more about at the uh, Kinnear Museum. Well, to bring up you know, something that isn't maybe as pleasant, how, how's prosperity doing in uh, Lake Luzerne and Hadley and the Adirondacks in general? Yeah, it's uh, it can be challenging. Uh, you know, it used to be where the lumber companies uh, supplied thousands of jobs throughout the Adirondacks. That is not the case today. Uh, the major industry in uh, the southern Adirondacks now is tourism. And uh, to the credit of both the Warren County Board of Supervisors and the Saratoga County Board of Supervisors, there is uh, really a new energy that's uh, in the area uh, for tourism. And uh, you take into account the Lake George area, the Saratoga area. Uh, Lake Luzerne is uh, plopped right in the middle there. So uh, all four seasons, uh, there are opportunities. Uh, We have a number of uh, uh, year-round residents who... uh, have opportunities uh, in many of these industries as well. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but I made a quick dash through Wikipedia before our conversation. I got the, and it seems to me I read that Lake Luzerne, or Luzerne, is named for a woman from France who gave a lot of money to the revolutionary cause. Yeah, well, what's interesting is the... uh, the name Luzerne is actually more recent. It was uh, uh, much of what you're saying does tie in. However, before that, it was called Jessup's Landing. Jessup's Landing. And if you come to the town of Lake Luzerne, you'll see a uh, historical marker that for the Jessup's brothers who were uh, participated in the Revolutionary War and who owned all of the property that is now Lake Luzerne down to what we call uh, down to what is now Lake George. Um, but the boundaries changed frequently, as they did throughout that era. And uh, as late as 1964, the town's name was changed uh, from Luzerne to what it is today, Lake Luzerne. Okay. Well, Howard Schaefer, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, good luck uh, with the Hadley Lake Luzerne Historical Society. Sounds like you're planning a, a busy year. Thank you, Bob. We appreciate it. Come to visit the Hadley Lake Luzerne area. There's plenty to do, and uh, certainly it's uh, worthwhile. Thanks for your time so much. We'll continue in just a moment with Chris Ketsley, supervisor of the town of Glenville, uh, talking about their 200th anniversary. And later on this episode of Historians Podcast, we'll hear about King Owen, an upstate New York radio entertainer. Our fun campaign keeps the Historian's Podcast on the Internet. I hope you'll consider making a contribution. You can find the link to our GoFundMe page on our main page, which is bobcudmore.com. bobcudmore.com. It'll take you to the uh, GoFundMe campaign, and it's easy to donate online. If you'd rather donate by mail, Make out a check to me, Bob Cudmore, and send it to Bob Cudmore, 125 Horstman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. We're joined by Glenville Town Supervisor Chris Ketsley, Glenville, New York, community of about 30,000 in Schenectady County, also in the Capital District. I'm going to talk with Supervisor Ketsley about the history of Glenville. 
you're going to have a big anniversary coming up. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we call Glenville 2020. It's our 200th anniversary of Bicentennial. Uh, the town was created in 1820, and there's a little bit of controversy about that because our, our town seal says January 2nd, 1821. Um, but if you go back and you look, there was an act in the state legislature of 1820 that created the town of Glenville and the town of Rotterdam out of the city of Schenectady. We were wards of the city of Schenectady. And they created us in 1820, April 14th, in fact. And they said in that legislation that we could not meet as a town prior to January, the first Tuesday in 1821, which happened to be January 2nd, 1821, when we had our first town board meeting. Ah, so you're going to celebrate both years? Well, we're going to start in 2020, and we'll probably have an event around uh, in 2021 that will end our festivities. Hmm. What are what is planned, or is it still in the planning stage? Well, we have a lot of it really fleshed out. You know, first of all, this April we're going to look at planting 200 what we call bicentennial trees around the town, so that we um, have bicentennial trees, and we're we're looking for um, 200 locations, which you know mm-hmm. is not easy, but we're working with our residents on that. We put together a speaker series um, throughout the year that uh, every quarter there'll be a different topic discussed, you know, our school systems, uh, our, our rise of the suburbs, obviously Glenville, about 1940s, 1950s became a, a fairly large suburb mm-hmm. out of um, agricultural lands, and our, our early days, you know, we'll, there's a lot of different um, uh, history that that's kind of interesting in our early days that maybe people aren't familiar with. So we'll be doing um, the uh, speaker series. Mm-hmm. We're looking to um, celebrate our parks with Park Fest this summer. We have a gala uh, in July, our 200th gala. Uh, so that will be a, a dinner dance. Uh, we're working with Stewart's Ice Cream. They're going to rebrand a ice cream flavor named after Glenville. <laughs> really? Did, you know, did they uh, pick a name yet or no? Not yet. We're working on that with them. Okay. okay. Uh, so we're we're definitely working on that, and and Wolf Hollow Brewery is going to um, release a limited edition bicentennial can and the beer they produce. So much like you know Budweiser would do with the country's bicentennial, right? Uh, they're going to have our logo and and our history on the can. So huh. it's going to be very interesting. Well, maybe the distillery uh, uh, gentleman who's on Route Five w- would do something for you too. Yeah. <laughs> it the. Um, the town's uh, 200th. Oh, I know what I wanted to bring up. The I don't know if it's going to be one of your speakers talking about the town, but to me, one of the more fascinating things in Glenville is the Schenectady County Airport. Yes, very, very. Um, it is something we're going to be talking more about. Very strong uh, piece of our history. Uh, it dates way back. You know, you, you've, we've had dignitaries come in there: um, Charles Lindbergh, Amelia Earhart. Um, we did a lot of uh, uh, military testing with GE during the war. Uh, there's just a lot of history at the airport. And there's a museum at the airport. Yeah, it's a great museum, e- ESAM, Aerospace Science Museum. Um, yeah, it's, it's really dedicated to um, planes and, and our aero, you know, um, uh, flight history. But it's a great museum. If anyone can get a chance to get there, I would re- recommend it. And one of the oldest buildings is in, uh, well, it's actually in Scotia. So <laughs> Scotia's the village within Glenville. I'm thinking of the Glen Sanders mansion. That was 
goes way yeah, back. That one that predates even uh, many of the Schenectady. Uh, so uh, Glenn was given a patent very early, uh, even prior to I believe the Schenectady patent, and he was the first uh, white settler on this side of the Mohawk. Mm. And there's one um, historic building that the town has taken an interest in, which is the Yates Mansion. It's on Maple Avenue. What was what was that? Yeah, so that you know, we're we're learning more about it as as we do more research, and I think um, next couple of months we're probably going to come out with a history that's slightly different than what people might have thought about it. But it was the home of uh, some of the Yates. They there was many Yates in in this area, and, and they lived everywhere from Albany to Schenectady, and and we had some in Glenville. And so you know, what we call the Yates Mansion is more likely becoming the Yates Farm. And it was seemingly more of an agricultural um, uh, um, connection than, you know, the governor's. I, we don't believe now the governor really had any. Yeah, because there was a governor. There was a governor named Joseph Yates. But yes. what you're saying, you don't believe he really lived there? Or, but uh, it doesn't appear that way uh-huh. at this juncture. Okay, but uh, it's an interesting building, uh, nonetheless. Yes. And and also, I know that uh, this goes w- way back. I remember seeing you at a, an event that the Rotary Clubs of Scotia and Glenville put on. Could they restore the one-room schoolhouse at Reens Corners Road? Yes. Yeah, and things still happen there, I believe. Yeah, that's a great asset for us. That's the last um, single-room, uh, one-room schoolhouse in in uh, Glenville that is still in government hands. The rest have been purchased and turned into homes. So, you know, our early days, there was no consolidated or centralized school district. We had um, these schools popping up all over town, and, and Green's Corner is the last surviving one. You know, the one in Alplaus, unfortunately, was bulldozed for a project. Um, but it, it's fascinating. We do, we do still use it to interpret uh, history. Mm-hmm. And if people are interested in uh, getting uh, on board, is there... Any advice you'd have, you know, about the 200th anniversary of the town of Glenville, New York? Yeah, reach out to us. You know, my email in particular is right on the homepage. It's easy. Uh, if you go to townofglenville.org, see my email, and I can always get the um, people connected to the right the right folks. We have a committee set up, and I can get folks, uh, you know, into the committees and, and get working on this. Well, Town of uh, Glenville Supervisor Chris Ketsley, I thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. We'll sail away to Honeymoon Harbor. That's the voice of King Owen, whose real name was Avery King Clisby Jr. He was an entertainer, and he performed at local night spots and radio stations in upstate New York, including... WENT in Gloversville, Johnstown, WGY in Schenectady, WCSS in Amsterdam, and WWSC in Glens Falls. Avery King Clisby Jr. died from long-standing health problems in April 1955 at age 40. His nephew is William Clisby, president of the Broadalbin Kennietto Historical Society. He did a presentation not too long ago at the Society about his uncle's life. The singer was born in Amsterdam, New York, 
in June of 1914, the son of Avery King Clisby Sr., who was head teller at City National Bank, and Mary Clisby. The singer's brother, James, who was the father of Bill Clisby, who gave us most of the information for this story, was two years older than young Avery. The family lived at 35 Church Street in a row of brownstones between Grove and High Streets. Young Avery Clisby learned to play piano and cello as a youth. He performed hillbilly, or what we call today country music, on WGY in the 1930s. He sang with the High Boys and Radio Rangers, who were Doy O'Dell and Max Rainey. They were heard regularly on the powerful WGY, then owned by General Electric. Avery Clisby moved on to Connecticut, where he was part of a musical group that performed on NBC's Blue Network with over 33 affiliate radio stations. In 1938, Avery came back to the local area and married Jean Half, the daughter of a couple from Broadalbin, Mr. and Mrs. Arthur Half. The wedding took place at the Half's home. Avery and Jean had two daughters, Marcia and Lynn. The couple made their home in Broadalbin as Avery pursued his musical career on the road, checking in with postcards and telegrams. He played in the western United States and performed at Radio City in New York with Doc Schneider and the Texans. Avery also played the organ for some network radio shows in New York City. In the mid-1940s, Avery Clisby came back to Broad Alban. He was hospitalized for some time at the Homer Folks Tuberculosis Hospital in Oneonta. His nephew, William Clisby, said his uncle played piano, guitar, cello, piano organ, and accordion. He recalled a childhood memory that his uncle smelled of tobacco and had an inexhaustible supply of pink Canada mints. Avery Clisby played piano, sang, took requests, and talked on the radio during his last years, first on WCSS in Amsterdam, then at WENT in Gloversville, Johnstown. WENT Radio was founded by Plattsburgh radio station owner George Bissell in 1944. Avery King Clisby, using the air name King Owen, was the morning host on WENT in the early 1950s. He was an incredible talent, William Clisby said. He could listen to a song twice and then play the tune. At WENT, King Owen played piano, took requests, and played the popular songs of the day, no more hillbilly music or a limited amount of that. He also met Helen Comrie, the station bookkeeper, She became his second wife after he and Jean Half divorced. According to WENT's 1952 broadcast schedule, printed in the Leader Herald, the station signed on at 6.28 in the morning. A religious program, news, weather, sports, a show called Cock-A-Doodle Review, and something called Quiet Time advanced the clock to 7.40, 
when King Owen took to the airwaves. He performed until 9.45 when it was time for In Town Today, followed at 10 by Arthur Godfrey's popular program on the CBS radio network. King Owen's last radio job was at WWSC in Glens Falls, New York, in 1954. He died the next year at St. Mary's Hospital in Amsterdam. He played the music of others, but uh, the song that we started the segment with, uh, Honeymoon Harbor, was one of his own compositions. And WENT, to this day, still displays a picture at the radio station on Harrison Avenue Extension, of the smiling performer in a suit and what looks like a bow tie at a piano in front of a WENT banner. The picture is signed, Airfully Yours, King Owen. This has been the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore.